Big Dumb Movie is a comedic podcast that often contains obscene language and outlandish commentary. Listener discretion is advised. Merry Christmas and welcome to Big Dumb Movie, where we discuss movies of the big dumb variety. I'm joined today with three fine fellows. First up, Jonathan. Hey guys. And next, two members of the podcast spoilers, Pappy. Ho, ho, ho. And Stevie. Hola. Right off the bat, which one of you guys can give me a good Tim Allen impression? Uh? Mm. Mm. I don't have enough cocaine laying around here to do that, unfortunately. <laughs> Same? That's an odd impression to have like in your arsenal. I don't think it's I don't think that's asked for at many parties. Uh? I could go start a fire in your kitchen right now if you want. <laughs> Jonathan, come on, man. Give me some grunts. Ha, ha, ha. All right, that's that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> that's about as good as it's gonna that's get. That's pretty good. <laughs> I watched a lot of Home Improvement as a kid. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I watched it, but I didn't really like it. It was like uh, I'll put up with Home Improvement until Family Matters comes on. <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just wanted to see the neighbor. Did they ever show his face, Wilson? Yeah, Wilson. I think there was a face reveal. I think episode, the last like, episode the end, they right? did. Oh my god. Well, we're not here to talk about home improvement, as delightful as that show is. We're here to talk about 1994 Christmas film, classic in some people's eyes, The Santa Claus. And since we're at Christmas time, since we have the holiday spirit, I don't know, some of us might, I wanted to ask you guys like what your favorite Christmas movie is, or like one that you like to watch every year. I think me and Jonathan have talked about this a little bit on another episode, but uh, I don't know, just wanted to check in with you guys, kind of see where you're at in that regard. Pappy, what's yours? Well, my favorite Christmas movie is also just my favorite movie. Kylo, or Corey, Stevie, and I did a 90s movie podcast on a podcast called Cinestudy, and my number one movie of the 90s was Muppet Christmas Carol. Has a lot of heart has a lot of good messaging and the Muppets and it makes me cry. It makes me laugh. Just an all around great movie, but I'm not Steve and I were talking earlier. I, it's almost like Christmas movies shouldn't be judged as harshly as other movies. It's like Christmas music and Christmas movies. Like you were saying, Steve, they're kind of on their own, own Island. They're good for quality. two months out of the year. Yeah. You guys have a soft spot is what I'm hearing. Yes. <laughs> I'll tell you about a soft spot. If anybody says Die Hard's our favorite Christmas movie, I'm going to fight them. <laughs> Here's the hill that Jonathan's prepared to die on. <laughs> fight them because you don't think it's a Christmas movie or because you don't think it's the best Christmas movie? Because it's not a Christmas movie. It's just a movie that takes place during Christmas time. And I'm like, I'm so over the debate and the meme war about fucking... Die Hard being a Christmas movie. It's just Over a meme. It. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think either of these guys give a shit, though, right? <laughs> no. Couldn't care less, honestly. I, I meant that for any of the people listening to our pod. <laughs> Jonathan, while you're over there stewing. I'm going to pull a Jay and Silent Bob, get their address, fly to their house, and kick their ass. <laughs> you hear that, listeners? <laughs> That's assault. Don't brother. forget to leave us a positive rating on Apple Podcasts, by the way. <laughs> Drop your address in the YouTube comments so Jonathan can visit you. <laughs> but Jonathan, what's yours? You already know it's going to be Christmas Vacation. I do already it's know. It's such a <laughs> big, dumb movie, but it's tradition. I love it. 
I also love Home Alone. It's a great Christmas movie there. And the other one that I got to watch year in and year out is Bad Santa. I can't get away from it. That I one love I love. Bad Santa. Yeah. I think that's probably like one of the only adult oriented Christmas movies that I really know of. And it's kind of nice to be able to like share that movie with the other adult members of the family and not <laughs> have to, you know, downplay everything because of all the kids <laughs> around. Yeah. Any other like adult Christmas movie stars like Lacey Chabay or whatever the fuck her name is. And is like a lifetime movie, you know? Yeah. They're always like sappy romantic ones. Yeah, yeah I'm, I agree. I'm not down with that. The movie's awesome. For sure. Stevie, what's your answer? Or answers, you can do more than one. Um, let's see here. Favorite? Well, I'll put it this way. Um, tradition in my family, every Christmas Eve, we watched, since it came out, The Family Stone with Diane Keaton and uh, Craig T. Nelson. Have you guys seen that? I haven't. No. It's no. actually a really good movie. It's like a sappy comedy drama. Luke Wilson's in it. Same with Dermot Mulroney and Sarah Jessica Parker. We watch that every Christmas because it's not too far off from my own family. So yeah, that's the Christmas tradition in my family. That's a pretty stacked cast there. Yeah, it's a, it's a uh, Rachel McAdams is in there too. Huge cast. Hey, can I give one more honorable mention? It of hasn't course. been out for very long, but. The Christmas Chronicles with uh, Kurt Russell. Yeah. I like that movie, dude. <laughs> it's good. Yeah. Let's go. Corey These guys probably love it. hates it. I have never seen it. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm just going to go ahead and go with the fact that you probably hate it, anyways. So. <laughs> I probably would hate it. Let's be honest. Yeah. You would. You would. I'm a curmudgeon, and yeah, probably not for me. My answers, of course, are like nostalgic answers, as is everything that I like. <laughs> <laughs> Nightmare Before Christmas. Love that movie. Love the music. Love it since I was a kid. Yep. I was like a weird kid for liking it because <laughs> I, I don't know. Back in the day, it was either you liked The Lion King or Nightmare Before Christmas for some reason. At least oh, in the yeah. circles I rolled in. <laughs> totally. totally. Same boat. <laughs> and um, this is one that really makes me get the feeling of Christmas. A Christmas Story. I mm. fucking love that movie. I know some people don't like that movie. Some people do, but. Fuck, I love that movie, dude. When they used to play on Christmas Eve for 24 hours, I would just have that shit on. Yes. I still do. It's on TNT, man. Oh, nice. Yeah, 24 hours. That's awesome. Yeah. that They've been doing that for like 20 years or something, right? At least. You know, if you had cable, you would know. That's so cool. That this The humor in that movie is so subtle, too. Like, it's... I don't know. It's clever. Takes us back to a better time of America. <laughs> the Clinton administration. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> oh, <wait>. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of 90s, this movie was released in 1994, specifically on November 11th. And uh, I wanted to talk about some movies that were in theater at the same time. I've kind of reworked this little segment into a game, spoilers trivia kind of thing. Ooh. You guys know what time it is. But what we're going to do is I'm going to say the actor, and I want you guys to tell me the movie that that actor was in that was also in theaters at the same time as this one, which was November in 1994. 1994, Man. not a big year for movies, if I recall. Not a big year at all. <laughs> We've done so many big, dumb movies that are 1994 movies. In fact, one of the most successful big, dumb movie episodes has this exact lineup and is a 1994 kids movie. So hopefully I can recapture the magic of getting 40,000 views again. <laughs> <laughs> nice. 
All right, guys, so it might be the lead actor or it might be the second build. If you know, you can just shout it out. There's no real order here because there's no victory prize, unfortunately, except for my respect. Okay, the first one, November 1994. Kevin Costner. What's the movie? Mm. Tin Cup? Nope. Not sure. Okay, that one might be a little hard. The War. Anyone see The War? Elijah Wood? Kevin Costner? Never even heard of it. All right. Let's see if we can get something that you guys do know. All right. (laughs) This one should be easy. Mara Wilson. That's probably going to be Mrs. Doubtfire? Nope. Miracle on 34th Street? You got it. Miracle on 34th Street. There we go. They were both in theaters at the same time. In fact, when I was a kid, my dad took me to the movies. This was back when you used to just go and figure out what you're going to see when you got there. (laughs) And I think it was the first time I ever got to pick the movie. He said, do you want to see Miracle on 34th Street or The Santa Claus? And I picked The Santa Claus and I loved it. It was like a really good memory with my dad. All right, let's switch gears. Natalie Portman. Leon? Leon? You <laughs> nailed it. Yeah, buddy. All right, Jonathan, come on, man. They're beating you. <laughs> Robert De Niro. Casino? Nope. Mm. Not one of his most me- well-remembered movies. That's that's the hint here. I don't know. Don't know. Frankenstein? Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Oh, shit. Oh. <laughs> I think oh, I got what, that out. What was I that. listening to? You talked about playing Mary Shelley's Frankenstein on the Sega. Sega CD, baby. Yeah, I, I was listening to that this morning on the pod. I like oh, rewatched. What episode was that? I watched like two weeks ago. Someone play through that whole game. I just was like, oh, my God. oh man, I remember this game. And I watched a video of someone playing through the whole game of Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Macaulay Culkin. Home Alone? No, it was 91. Somewhere out there. It can't be Home Alone 2, can it? Nope. The one with the bees? What is that? Not the bees! Ah! I love my eyes! My eyes! Ah! Ah! My girl? girl? That's my girl, but it's not that one. Happy. It's a future spoilers pick. That's your hint. Oh, Page Master. The Page uh, Master. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. I cannot wait that to see that. That dumb dork movie. couldn't even ride his bike in the rain. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking loser. <laughs> Serious. Uh, and the last one Arnold Schwarzenegger. True, True Lies? Nope. Jingle All the Way? Nope. That was 96. Mm. I think True Lies was this year, but it was uh, in the summer. This was his uh, shittier movie of that year, a movie called Junior, oh, where Arnold Schwarzenegger is pregnant. <laughs> he is pregnant. I think he's a doctor in that movie, too, so you really got to suspend disbelief. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Now, the Santa Claus, I just got to say right off the bat before I forget, this movie is solely responsible for me misspelling Santa Claus my whole life. I have that written Same. down as a note. This <laughs> fucked me over so badly. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucked me over. <laughs> this movie ruined my life. Sorry about your spelling bee, loser. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of movie theaters, though, Kyle, I also wanted to say that this was the first 
I, I always thought that my first memory of the movie theater was Pocahontas, but I remember like seeing this. Like I remember the Oscar Mayer Wiener part, like and laughing at that, like not really getting it. But I went back and looked at the dates. This is actually my first memory of being in the movie theaters. November ninety four. I was four years old. Wow. Jonathan, any fond memories of seeing this as a kid? Was it one you grew up with? Um, yeah, but I remember seeing it at home on VHS. Like year after year. I'm sure I still have it on VHS at the house. You watched it a lot? Yeah. You loved it? Oh, for sure. Do you still love it? I got it at Ross. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking so stupid, dude. <laughs> God damn you. Hey, man. You're a sucker for nostalgia. There you <laughs> yeah. go, dude. Take That's, a fucking 90s commercial. It's like right? so my humor to say some stupid shit like that. <laughs> Stevie, any fond memories growing up with the Santa Claus? Starring Tim Allen. Uh, I do remember seeing this in theater. I thought it was funny when I was like three or four years old. I think it's hilarious as like almost a 30 year old. Uh, Just some of the humor that uh, Tim Allen throws off. Pretty much making fun of his rival, the psychiatrist. But um, yeah, I kind of like with Jonathan. I remember I remember vividly watching it at home on VHS more so than the theater. Hmm. I did a little bit of research, not too much, into like how this movie was made. There's two writers that wrote the script, uh, I think in the late 80s. And the basis of it was, what if someone killed Santa Claus? <laughs> so like that that's the foundation of this movie. And uh, they, they kind of wrote it as a comedy around that. I think with uh, Bill Murray in mind, who passed on it. Also, originally, the script had Scott Calvin just fucking shoot him. <laughs> that would have been awesome that would have been yeah. awesome like as if like a home invader like on his roof and he just like fucking blasts him and is like well see I would much rather see that story because I have major issues with the way Santa fell off the roof man <laughs> on the fake snow dude we'll, we'll get there <laughs> alright let's get there let's talk about the movie itself Pappy do you want to tell us about the intro how it kicks off yeah um we start off meeting scott calvin in his office environment you know a very very 90s way to introduce the the dad character seeing him at work he he's a star at his job um he's introduced by the dad from everybody loves raymond to give a little speech he steals the microphone from a woman of color who's trying to make a speech to insert his (laughs) white male jokes which are hilarious Thank you very much. This was really a team effort, and I would just want to thank every one of you individually. But we don't have time for that, do we? <laughs> That's good. I don't know. Like, this is like a weird thing to me because the movie sets up, you know, from here, he's at this party. Like I said, we, we know he's good at his job. The next thing that it sets up is that he's a bad dad. He lies about being stuck in traffic to go see his son who 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 i guess lives mostly with his mom um i don't know how far you want me to go on this but but yeah it, it sets up that he's a bad dad good at his job you know classic 90s uh parental parental setup it has some jingle all the way vibes for me but jingle all the way came later but i think jingle all the way borrowed a lot from this i mean if you weren't an absentee father in the 90s were you even in a movie exactly like, I feel like the 90s was just nothing but absentee fathers. 
I feel like this movie was like my touch point for like what divorce was for the majority <laughs> of my life until my parents got divorced. It's like, oh no, my parents are getting Santa Claus. It's gonna suck. <laughs> uh, Jonathan, why don't you tell us about what, where it kind of leads from there? He's got a son, he's got an ex-wife, and then there's Neil. Yeah, so I mean, it's such a typical 90s movie. You got this kid with a stupid fucking bowl cut haircut, oh, you know, covering the ears. You got all the t- stupid dad jokes from Tim Allen from the show, stuff that he would say. I mean, it's like everything that he would say on Home Improvement or his stand up or whatever just went directly back into this movie. Neil's waiting in the car, so. Why doesn't he come in? Because, Daddy, he says you'll just end up saying something snotty. Not necessarily. Could be rude or sarcastic. Whatever it takes. See? I gotta go. It's definitely his vibe, right? Like the... Yeah, totally. Obviously, when they get home, um, the mom and the new husband are out there waiting and to drop off the kid. And then they, they get into this argument about whether it was inappropriate to just ruin this kid's belief in Santa Claus. And who gave you permission to tell Charlie there's no Santa Claus? I think if we're going to destroy our son's illusions, I should be a part of it. Yeah, but you're never around, are oh, you, Scott? Oh, please. Listen, all we are trying to do is give Charlie a firm grasp on reality. Which I think really brings us to the first plot hole of this movie, and any movie with Santa Claus. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty typical. You know, do I believe, do I not? You have one supportive parent and you have one that wants to parent in a different way. And I relate to that a lot. But the the reality of Santa Claus, I mean, mm-hmm. in a movie like this, Santa Claus is real. A presents just show up, right, at people's houses. Parents never ask questions on how this presents got there. Right, they just say there's no Santa Claus. Like, they just... Don't believe in Santa Claus. Presents just get here. It's fucking magic. I believe in that, but not Santa Claus for some reason. Well, that usually happens in my house, too. But then I watch my <laughs> bank account statement. <laughs> <laughs> I've always looked at it like parents do 99.9% of the shopping. And whatever they forget, there's that one magical gift that no parent knows like where it came from. Like a canoe? Yeah, like a canoe or a kayak. Red Rider Dude, BB guy. I, I love finding out what I got my kids for Christmas this year <laughs> on Christmas morning. It's awesome. I don't want to take too far of a step back, Corey, but I want to hit on something that Jonathan was saying that like, you know, it's like, I guess, like I said, it sets up that Tim Allen's a bad dad. And then like Jonathan said, said it sets up that like he's having a hard time reconciling, you know, his role as a, as like a blended family, right? Like that's a big part of the movie. The movie will not go on to tie up any of those loose ends whatsoever. <laughs> Everything, every problem, every dramatic question, every character like change happens just because Tim Allen becomes Santa Claus. <laughs> you know what I mean? No one confronts their flaws. No one deals with this. No one like learns a lesson. It's just Tim Allen becoming Santa Claus. <laughs> You're just denying your inner child. No, that's not. <laughs> You're lashing out. I mean, it's lashing out irrationally. Call me Judge Neil Reinhold. Yeah. <laughs> Have any of you guys seen the sequels? Yes. Yes. No. Okay, Pappy and Stevie. I saw that the cast carries over, right? Charlie's in the other ones, and Judge Reinhold's in the other ones. Bernard's in the other one. Eight years later, too. Like, Charlie's yeah. like a young teen. This was a cash point. grab. Is it better that the other ones have, like, a specific villain? Because... I was just looking at the IMDb trivia. It says this is the only one without a villain. 
Um, I kind of like the villainless Santa Claus opposed to the second and third one, just because it's apparent from the jump, like two and three are very much cash grabs. Mm-hmm. Okay. I would rather watch the first Santa Claus for sure. Yeah. Isn't like Tim Allen battling his own demons about whether he wants to say his son's a fucking nut job <laughs> or not like really the the villain here? <laughs> the, the idea is the villain? <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, the torment back and forth. He's like, okay, so do I support my son and we both look like nut jobs or do I say that my kid is ridiculous and that way he only looks like a psycho and then just take him to Denny's that's exactly it. Like, as we go through this movie the like the, the the conflict isn't you know embracing Christmas like enjoying Christmas is Christmas in your heart none of that bullshit it's at what <laughs> level am I willing to accept the supernatural what is the level of physical evidence I need to <laughs> believe in the supernatural what's that threshold that's the dramatic argument of the santa claus it's so strange apparently a lot too the answer is that you need a lot (laughs) a lot they do anyway once i saw that workshop and fucking elves i mean i'm i'm sold and i'm a skeptic man elves fucking (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) seeing my body physically transform in the mirror would be a little hint for me but (laughs) yeah that's that's a good one you instantly grow a 40 inch beard yeah, I'm in big trouble. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, Tim Allen, you know, he can't cook. He takes his son to an American institution, Denny's. Uh, the joke is he says it's an American institution and there's like a bunch of Chinese businessmen inside like screaming. Sir, they're, they're Japanese. They're Japanese. Fucking racist. <laughs> oh, fuck me. Not the preferred nomenclature. The joke is they're not American. So you know what else is funny about that? He's talking about it being a great American institution or whatever. This movie wasn't even made in America. It was made, made in Canada. Canada. It was in Toronto. <laughs> oh. They posed it as Chicago or whatever. <laughs> that is pretty un-American. That's as un-American as it gets, Canada. But yeah, in, in Denny's, the, the joke is like all the single dads who can't cook are all like looking depressed with their kids who are all super unhappy. But at least there's pie. No, there's not. <laughs> no. There was. Uh, Pappy, why don't you lead us into uh, the main turning point here in the movie? Okay, so we're about, I think, 20 or so minutes in. We've established Tim Allen, Charlie. They're back at home. Tim Allen is reading Charlie a bedtime story. Uh, Twas the night before Christmas. You know, which again, it's, it's just weird because like you would think that in this movie, Tim Allen would be like super anti-Christmas or something. He seems to be pretty on board with, with Christmas for the most part, but... Yeah, a, a clatter, roses outside or a roses outside. I've, I've never Rose understood such that. Such a clatter company. <laughs> that is such a weird play on words. But long story <laughs> short, they hear a noise. Charlie wakes up Tim Allen. They go outside and they find the dead body of Santa Claus <laughs> buried in the snow, face obscured by snow. I guess it's not clear if he's deceased yet or if he's bleeding out underneath the snow. If he's had some internal <laughs> he's injuries, out the yeah. Snow, yeah, he he is able to wave. That's why they don't show the head. He just had a hemorrhage in his head. <laughs> hey, kids, it's me. <laughs> he picks up the card, puts on the suit, and wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. He's Santa. Jonathan, you had some issues that he just slipped off like that? Yeah, I did. Okay, because later on in the film, when uh, Scott grabs the toy bag, it just starts 
levitating him and pulling him <laughs> up into the air. And then he floats up in the air, over, and drops into the chimney, right? So what the fuck was Santa doing without his bag and just walking in the snow on a peak of a roof over the chimney? Like, the bag should have carried him just like he would have done for Scott later in the movie. He is one clumsy bastard, isn't he? Dude. <laughs> Guy needs to get it together. <laughs> well, he's dead now. He becomes a force ghost because he disappears. So what happens to that body Right. Does he go back to his old life? Does he go to Santa Claus heaven? Like, Santa Claus what hell? happens to that body? Santa Claus hell? Was he a bad Santa? Well, I actually, um, <laughs> he becomes a bad Santa. He has to work malls. <laughs> Billy Bob Thornton style. <laughs> like, if Disney wanted a super cash grab, they'd do the prequel to this movie and end it with Tim Allen screaming at him. And, like, use that footage, right? Yeah, use <laughs> <Yes>. that footage. <laughs> they got to shoot it in old camera so it looks right, though. But, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Stevie, you said you've seen some of the sequels. Does, is this addressed in the sequels, like falling off the roof thing? Because that's like a big thing that's brought up here. I saw him in theaters when I was younger, and I do not believe it was. I think okay. there's like one joke, maybe, like later. You know what I mean? Like he has like mm-hmm. a bouncy suit or something to that effect, <laughs> like in case he falls. But the logic just gets muddier as we go along in the franchise. <laughs> I mean, the elves are not really interested in preserving the previous Santa. He was probably, like, a huge piece of shit. Because they only start, like, up in the tech when the new Santa comes <laughs> The up. new Santa comes Do you like, know how busy they are, man? They just, they don't have time for that bullshit. They don't have time to grieve? Like, what? They don't have time for coffee. Excuse me, are we on a coffee break? We don't drink coffee. Then I guess the break is over. Back to work, thanks. <laughs> It's 364 days till Christmas. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Oh, one other thing. Hey, with that that toy bag, did you catch that like when the toy bag pulled Tim Allen up into the air, it had these like jet engine sounds? Like, no. That, dude, that bothers me so much. <laughs> like, It's a magic bag. What are you doing making <laughs> fucking jet engine sounds? I was just thinking about how hard it would be you were hanging onto a rope and it was lifting to just hold yourself with one arm. Like that requires yeah, some upper body strength. I'm pretty fucking fat, dude. I couldn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> a quick cinema sense note on that bag scene, too. He makes a joke about how he lived through the 60s or whatever. Okay, I'm okay. I'm okay. Look, it's okay. I'm used to it. I lived through the 60s. But later on in the movie, it says that he's a 38-year-old man in 1994, which meant which would have meant in 1969 he was 13 years old. So I don't know if he was just dropping a ton of acid in his early <laughs> teens or something. But they started young in the 60s. <laughs> Dad, you're flying. Stevie, where does that lead us to? He's trying to figure out this whole thing, and that's always like the great question of, you know, what if a house doesn't have a chimney? How does Santa do it? Where apparently you just go through like these small little pipes and the house just moves itself because of movie reasons. Uh, creates his own kind of little chimney airway. But um, he's still kind of reconciling that, you know, this is what I got to do. He meets a girl, a little girl, telling her, shut up. I don't care about you. I don't care about this. <laughs> he was such an asshole Such an asshole girl. that little girl. He throws the doll at the tree. Like, that's pretty funny. It's like Ace Ventura delivering a package. <laughs> you know? Yeah, like, aren't you going to drink some milk? I'm lactose intolerant. <laughs> you know? Fuck. How come your clothes are so baggy? Because Santa is watching his saturated fats. 
come into my beard? Because I shaved. Do you want this doll or not? Go back to sleep. You're supposed to drink the milk. Look, I am lactose intolerant, and I am just about this close to taking all those presents back to the chimney with me. Let's just crush everything that this little girl knows about Santa Claus. <laughs> I mean, how often does a little kid get to say, hey, I met the real Santa? And then later she's like, yeah, I met him. And he was a total dick his first year. Like year <laughs> yeah. two was okay, but year one was awful. And nothing like you would think. Not super fat, didn't have a beard, is just throwing presents all over the place. <laughs> one star, Look, yeah. Looks a little high. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We only see a couple houses. Like one of them is the little girl. One of them is like there's dogs, some pretty hardcore looking dogs, and total get... total '90s scene where a Rottweiler comes walking out of the kitchen, yes. all casual. <laughs> yeah, like um, I was thinking of the people under the stairs, but that's a different kind of movie. But yeah, he also gets shot at. We hear a gunshot. Yeah, like the, I think that was that same house, right? Yeah. So you got a Rottweiler. You got the alarm, burglar alarm going off in the house, and then. You hear a random shotgun blast, but like the guy's not even on the stairs or anything like that. So you're just what shooting through the fucking floor in your house. I mean, come on. So if that guy kills Tim Allen with a gun, does he then become Santa? As long as he reads the card, right? Yeah. If he reads the card, (laughs) (laughs) if you try to loot the body and you see the card by happenstance, yeah, you're Santa now. Yeah. Press circle to pick up all items. I don't know. It seems like a big missed opportunity because Santa Claus, the, the movie, I'm talking about the Royal Santa Claus, it's only focused on like the United States aspect, really. You know what I mean? Like there's never a scene of like him going to other countries or or anything. I, I get that we're in the Western Hemisphere, but it's like he kind of finishes up the greater Illinois area and heads to the North Pole. It's like that's all he has to do. That <laughs> well, yeah, the concept of like, santa claus and like that's all like santa claus lore more than the movie like how does he do that so i didn't get too far into questioning that but you're right it seems like he only delivers to a very small area right yeah i mean they they could have like inserted a scene of him delivering presents to ghana or something you know (laughs) this is midwest santa claus i don't have time for that but uh after he does finish delivering presents, uh, I don't know, everywhere around the greater Chicago area. He is taken to the North Pole, him and Charlie, and uh, he actually gets to see Santa's workshop. He sees all the elves. They all look like little kids. I really like the workshop set, though. Like, it's pretty fucking awesome. Like, I think that's one of my favorite things from when I was a kid, and it's also carried over in a different way. You know, like, it it looks pretty fucking cool. They put a lot of work into this set. It's very like Wonka-esque. There's a lot going on. Yeah, they did a really good job recreating child labor factories. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, dude, they had like a six-month-old baby in there. I mean, come on. <laughs> they, they did. He looked dude, like he was going to cry. That kid couldn't do shit. <laughs> I mean, he looked like he's six months, but he's probably like Yoda, like at 800 years old or something, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, you don't even realize that until after you have that conversation with Bernard that they're actually all really old. Yeah. But why is he so much bigger? And why is he Jewish celebrating a Christian holiday? Yeah, exactly. He's He's, very clearly a Jewish man. He's like a a Jew New York guy working 
at the Christmas factory. I know like, you don't on. like Bernard. I like the actor though. His name's David Crumholtz. I re- always like that guy and stuff, but you, you didn't like the character, Jonathan? No, I, I really didn't like Bernard, man. He was such a dickhead. Like, <laughs> you'd think that the guy, like, he's wound up way too tight, you know? It's like, I get it. Yes, it's 364 more days till Christmas, but Jesus Christ, it's going to be the same thing next year, too. I mean, come on, man. What does that mean? It means you put on the suit, you're the big guy. It's ridiculous. I don't put on a suit just a Try to understand this. Let me explain something to you, okay? Toys have to be delivered. I'm not gonna do it, it's not my job. I'm just an elf. It's Santa's job, but Santa fell off the roof. Your roof. You read the card, you put on the suit that clearly falls under the Santa Claus, and now you're Santa, okay? The lore is so weird, because he's like, he is the Santa Claus deep state. You know what I mean? Like, he's (laughs) the North Pole. Like, Santa's come and go, but like, these elves run the operation and they, and they frankly don't seem that concerned as to who the Santa Claus even is. Like there's no onboarding program, right? There's no like, Hey, you must have a lot of questions. Like, hey, let's sit you down. It's like, no, get up to speed, buddy. Like you just got to deliver the toys. Yeah, like you, you want this guy to be able to do a good job and step in as Santa Claus, but like, you're just a total asshole to him about it. Like, come on, man, where's the orientation? Like, let me sit down and watch a video here. Let's sign some consent forms, you know, drug tests. Maybe. I don't know. Sexual harassment in the North pole. Do's and don'ts. Like HR like needs a good presence there, man. Yeah. You got to like background check. I mean, Tim Allen has done time. You can't just pick anybody to be Santa Claus. It is crazy as a kind of a side note somewhat that Tim Allen became like the family man comedian of the 90s that he was because he like he was in prison for three years for drug trafficking. Uh? He was busted with like a pound and a half of cocaine and did some hard time. That was personal use. (laughs) (laughs) Can we talk about Tim Allen real quick? Because at this moment, this is a big part in the movie disney war he's considered like he he as a person is considered a quarter billion asset quarter billion dollar asset to the company he's the star in the number one movie in the world the santa claus he's the star of the number one television show home improvement and he has the number one non-fiction book his autobiography a a best-selling new york times so he's we talked about that over on spoilers on the purple rain episode how prince was dominating you know two forms of media tim allen literally on top of three forms of media simultaneously. Stevie, this is kind of a Stevie question. What, What is it about Tim Allen? Because uh? I was watching this with my fiance last night. She's like, Tim Allen kind of reminds me of my dad. I was like, uh-huh. He looks like everyone's dad. And then she's like, he kind of reminds me of Natalie's dad. I was like, Tanya, that's the point. Tim Allen is supposed to be everyone's dad. She's he like, He reminds oh, yeah. me of my dad. Yeah. Like between the jokes, the fashion, the hairstyle, like, he is everyone's Midwestern, like, dad in the 90s. Holy shit. He reminds me of Jonathan's dad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, if you yeah. grew up in the 90s, like, there's a good chance your dad probably dressed like Tim Allen and said the same dad jokes just like Tim Allen. He is everyone's father. The fashion is such a good call. Yeah. At that point, although he was, like, really big... I wonder what it was that made Disney say, you know what, we're going to go ahead and look past this felon's <laughs> record because they that's been a strict Disney policy for who knows how long that they just don't hire felons. They don't have them in their films. 
I don't know. He must have impressed the right people. He must I guess. have tested insanely well. He, he d- delivered a, a half pound of coke to all the execs. <laughs> That's what he did. <laughs> Became Michael Eisner's best friend. Apparently, Tim Allen too. He did roll over on the people that he was working with to get a lesser sentence. Good Not for a him. lot of people talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking rat. <laughs> it's almost like, like in the next year, you know how like he's gonna go on and play like opposite Tom Hanks in Toy Story, yeah. right? Like Tom Hanks is your dad if your dad votes for Democrats. Tim Allen is your dad if your dad votes for Republicans. Like that's like the line in my head. Totally. Uh, but to get back into the movie, they they kind of wrap up at the North Pole. They fall asleep there. And they wake up back at home, and it's kind of... Tim Allen has this question for a short time, like, was it all a dream? Uh, I think that's kind of extinguished when he realizes that he's wearing the same pajamas that he got in the North Pole. But one thing that bugged me about this is Charlie right away, when he gets picked up in the morning, like, he spills his beans to his mom and his stepdad, and he's like, oh man, dad took me to the North Pole last night, dad is Santa Claus, we had so much fun. And they are really really concerned immediately and i think that little kids just kind of say shit like that i mean I, I get it later on like he starts going maybe too far with it and he won't shut the fuck up about it <laughs> but <laughs> christmas morning i feel like they would have just been like all right kid whatever get the fuck in the car <laughs> like but yeah i don't know maybe it's because neil's a psychiatrist that they are highly concerned with this well i mean it's the whole context of like Right before he dropped off Charlie, Neil had told him there's not a Santa, right? So it's that might be part of it. I don't, I don't know. I'm the only one on this podcast who doesn't have kids. I don't know like if you guys have made that decision of how long I got to let him go or if they believe in Santa. But how long did you go, Pap? I was in first grade. I just I heard some kids talking at school, and I went in and asked my mom. Um, I was like. I heard Santa Claus isn't real. Is that true? And she's like, no. And I remember like crying. I'm like, is the tooth fairy not real? And I was like, she's like, no. And like the Easter bunny. And I was like, is God not real? And she's like, no, God's real. Turns out that was a lie about God. But yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, like <laughs> checking them all off the list. Leprechauns, unicorns, Peter Pan. Give me something, mom. <laughs> I, I was in first grade, but I feel like once you start asking questions, I don't know how, again, not a parent, not telling anyone how to parent. Once your kid starts asking questions, maybe you should just be honest with them. I, I don't know. Like, mm-hmm. I can see the cause for concern being raised there. Yeah, us, us being close to the holiday schedule, my son has decided to kind of weigh out whether he exists or not, you know? And oh, he's doing the math? Yeah. <laughs> doing the research, doing some R&D. Um, well, he's in fourth grade. So he's nine yeah. and he kind of like came up to us the other day with the, his own like realization about it. And it's just kind of like, I don't think he's really real. But then like two days later, he's like writing a Christmas list. To he's like, but Claus. just in case I'm yeah. going to get, yeah, my- <laughs> I'm still going to write a list so I can send it to him. There's no Santa atheist in foxholes, Jonathan. You got to hedge your bets. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm just going to let him figure it out, man. I mean, I remember when I found out that, that he wasn't real. It was probably it in was, school, right? No, it was my neighbor across the street. He's two years older than me. And he was just being a dickhead, you know, like just those old, the older kids in the neighborhood. <laughs> I was the younger one and I was hanging out with all of them. And he was just like, 
you're a fucking baby, man. Santa Claus doesn't even exist. I just, I ran all the way home just oh, crying. No. I went, like, total, like, movie scene. You run straight into your bed. You're diving from, like, six feet away. No, he's real. <laughs> the older kid, the 10-year-old smoking a cigarette in Oxnard, like, fucking yeah. baby. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, I don't know. I just, I, I don't want my son to go through that. But then as a parent, you kind of debate that, you know. You're like, okay, do I let him figure out on his own am i supposed to break it for him you can you can do what my dad did which was extra mean which was where i was really starting to question it at a young age and my dad set out to prove to me that santa was real so he set up like a video camera in the living room the night before christmas and then in the middle of the night like he edited himself (laughs) like coming and going with christmas presents and making them disappear so i would believe again uh, you could do that. <laughs> wow, what lengths? He did like '90s editing software. Like... Dude, he disappeared in front of the tree. It was insane. Cutting on action, oldest trick in the book. I was full a full blown believer at eight years old. I was like, all right, he's real. He is real. Took like an extra like two years for me to figure it out. That's a lot of work, dude. I feel like I remember you talking about that at school. Yeah, <laughs> that was a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to show him some stuff on YouTube. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of the movie next is uh, Tim Allen kind of becoming Santa Claus for the next year. Although to me, it always kind of feels like winter where they are, but maybe that's like just how they dress. Pappy, do you want to tell us about some of the moments of, you know, the transformation and like how that's affecting the family and stuff? Yeah, I'm trying to think of what stands out to me it's probably the boardroom scene is like the next uh the next big one well they had that meet my dad at work or meet my dad at school event right there too (laughs) before like before the uh the weight gain and all that kind of stuff yeah and there's like astronauts in the classroom yeah what's going on why is a guy wearing like a nasa like spaceman outfit Great questions. I mean, yeah, not a, not a lot happens there. Like, there's this one, like, asshole kid asks a question that everyone in the audience is asking. He's like, so if I kill you, I become Santa? And, like, the movie, like, cuts away, like, doesn't have a good response. Yeah. <laughs> doesn't know how to answer that. That, that was Corey in elementary <laughs> school. <laughs> no, that's one of the O'Doyles. It's just, so, I fucking hate when a movie does that, when there's a huge, like, gap in logic. And if they ask the question and never answer it, it like that counts as them addressing it. It's like, no, you, you just realize this is dumb as fuck too. Like <laughs> that's all you're doing right now. But boardroom scene, like I said, the dad from everybody loves Raymond. I don't know his name. He's also the Frankenstein. Yeah. He's like Fra- Frank Romano, <laughs> young Frankenstein's monster. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What hell of a career for him. But like Tim Allen shows up a little bit late wearing sweatpants, orders a fuck ton of desserts <laughs> Beasting after a Caesar salad with no dressing, uh, and then c- goes on to berate someone who's doing their presentation, um, kind of basically undermining the whole like financial model of the company, which is selling toys that break and need replacement parts. He's like, no, we should sell simple toys that like stimulate the imagination or whatever. And he, he, I guess he's basically put on a leave of absence because of this, but like so many other like loose ends, this, this is like the last we see of him in his professional life. It's like never really addressed again, I don't think. I guess it's suggested that he just quit that fucking job and he's going to go <laughs> Santa full time, right? We don't see that though. Yeah, I mean, I guess. I assume in the sequels he's always in the North Pole. Am I right about that? He's full time Santa at that he's point. He's full time Santa, yeah. yeah. 
I think the plot of the second one is he's changing back into Tim Allen until he gets a wife. Like he's unbecoming Santa. Like yeah, he has this. to woo somebody for some weird reason. There's a time limit too. Mm-hmm. Meaning if that little kid would have killed Tim Allen, that he would have had to have found a wife by the time he was 10 in order to fulfill <laughs> the prophecy. Very, very strange. Yeah, that's a different, weirder movie. He could have just hooked up with Judy. Oh, God. <laughs> I think she looks like she's dead. But she's she's actually, like, way older. Yeah. She's yeah. seeing somebody in rapping. Yeah. She's, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's such a I, that one that joke actually still worked for me. I thought that was funny when I was a kid, and I still think it's funny. I brought you some cocoa. Oh, thanks. My own recipe. Took me twelve hundred years to get it right. Twelve hundred years. That's right. You know, I must say, you look pretty good for your age. Thanks, but I'm seeing someone in wrapping. Uh, <laughs> it still holds up. Uh, Jonathan, any key moments for you in his, uh, I don't know, during the whole transformation process? Um, during that part where he went to go watch Charlie's soccer game and he's like sitting on the bench and like there's this like ugly ass little kid that just keeps staring at him and then like gets closer. <laughs> ugly ass little kid. That's yeah. so fucked up. Dude, she is. She's really ugly. She's the girl from Look Who's Talking Now. Yeah. 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 <laughs> She was ugly then. She's still ugly in this. She's movie. like a meme. I don't know if you've seen like online. Like, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the only reason that she's a meme is because she's fucking ugly. Dude. <laughs> like, I mean, I'm sorry, man. <laughs> Anyways, so like, but who who lets their ugly kid like go sit on oh a park God. bench and then keep getting closer to this old fat guy and then like end up sitting on his lap dude like where is this a line of kids where are all of their parents where are they that doesn't translate to like well at all today it's very weird no i mean that's totally something that i don't even think in the 90s it was probably okay it was probably like 80s and earlier (laughs) you know so I, i had a big problem with that scene but Mm. i mean also uh, during this whole time like this is where they start having to do the custody battles the mom's freaking out um about tim allen becoming santa claus and the way he's changing his appearance and stuff and it's like it just it's really like insinuating this custody battle between the two different parenting styles and it's it's I mean, I've seen where it gets rough on the kids, you know, it's not only rough on the parents, it's rough on the kids too. Hmm. And so it it was painful to watch, maybe not, not really painful to watch, but it was also, it's just kind of awakening because you can see that happening. I mean, I I don't really talk about it that much, but like my son is not my biological son. His dad's still in the picture. And so we've actually over the past eight years have gone through a lot of back and forth on our different parenting styles and stuff like that. So you're like Neil and he's Tim Allen. Oh no, no, I'm definitely more like Tim Allen, but um, you are pretty snarky. Yeah. And I have a shitload of tools. So awesome. Does the film benefit though, from going to these places? Like I agree. I, I it's like I said, this was my touch point. Like I, 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 I was kind of, you know, tongue in cheek, but this was literally my touch point for divorce until my parents got divorced, basically. Like this is like I said, like one of the first movies I can remember seeing, like, is the story made better by the divorce 
subline and, and Tim Allen being creepy. I mean, without it, there's not much for the movie to do. Right. Like, but... I mean, it's definitely needed. You need that, like, dramatic second act turn, right? Where, you know, the character is at his lowest point where he loses custody of his son. So it has mm. to have something like that. Could it have benefited from something else? Maybe. But, you know, that's where they went. Well, it's like, it, it's got that both aspects for Tim Allen here where it's, okay, I'm, I'm going to lose custody of my son, but also at what point do I defend his quote-unquote sanity, <laughs> I guess, mm-hmm. in regards to the whole <laughs> Santa Claus thing? It's really kind of strange. It feels like there's something there that really wasn't needed. Hmm. I mean, the thing that makes me mad about it is that this might just be like a total CinemaSins criticism, and I'm sure they have a very long YouTube video about this that probably has like 6 million views, but like, yeah, I, Tim Allen can literally physically prove that there's magic happening. All he has to do is bring a fucking electric razor, yep. some hair dye, walk into that judge's office, shave his beard, and, and presto change it. We have, we have the supernatural. This is going to cr- cross the threshold <laughs> of believing in the supernatural. I can prove it to you right now. And he chooses not to do that. And then, like, it totally undermines all of this. Like, he can prove it. Like, why not just show him? I think it's in the clause you're not allowed to. <sighs> okay. It's in the fine print. <laughs> Yeah, it's in the fine print. You're not allowed to show like non-believers like how to believe. They have to believe on their own. Stevie, speaking <sighs> of non-believers, uh, Laura and Neil, we learn about how they lost the magic, so to speak, right? Yeah. I don't know. Like this movie is two different movies meant like melded together. Because one, you have the Santa Claus, which is the first 45 minutes, and then like the rest of the like the next 45 minutes is we need to we need to talk about Charlie and Scott, and. I don't know, I, I think it loses a lot of momentum when it does this. But, yeah, she's talking about what, she wanted an easy bake oven? Is that what she wanted? Mystery, Mystery date dating game. game. Mystery date game, and Neil, of course, wanted a, uh, a weenie whistle. Mm-hmm. Of course, Neil <laughs> would want a weenie whistle. All three-year-olds want a weenie whistle. God, love your sweater. <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> It's just kind of, a, I think, of a downer point of the movie when we kind of get to these points, especially past the courtroom and, you know, Charlie being taken away from Scott. I mean, yeah, there does come a point where, you know, you have to tell your kid, hey, it's June. You probably shouldn't be, you know, <laughs> guiding reindeer in your living room when it's June in the middle of Canada. <laughs> yeah, that's more of a November December activity. That's like a November like November December, cool. Believe what you want. Like past February though, like we got to really tighten this up. We got other holidays to focus on. 4th of July is coming up. We're going to have a barbecue. I do like though how the mom finally addresses like, you know, maybe we should just let our kid be a kid and not psychoanalyze every single thing he does. Yeah, I'm with you there. You want something to psychoanalyze? How creepy was it that after Scott lost custody of his kid, he's just randomly walking by their house and stares into their living room window while they're eating dinner. Like, what the You could fuck? make a sinister trailer out of that. <laughs> Creepy. I gotta say as well, I think this movie is responsible for me hating Judge Reinhold. Yes, me too. Because like, I don't I like thought him. you were going to say looking at people's front windows. <laughs> <laughs> Only my own family, Jonathan. Nice. 
When I was younger, same with you, Kylo. I thought uh, Judge Reinhold was like the main villain of this movie. Yeah. Scott, I think it's safe to say you're taking the Santa thing to an unhealthy level. Here's my card. Call me. I mean, he really was. He's like the dickhead stepdad, you know? (laughs) He wears some shitty sweaters, though. Yeah. Yeah. Did you really go to the North Pole, Scott? Did you really go? (laughs) (laughs) So condescending. So where, like, the second act turns is um, Tim Allen, Scott Calvin is struggling with this. But Charlie kind of sets him straight, right? Charlie, like, gives him, like, a, a speech and... Uh, I reinstills the spirit of Christmas in him, and uh, Scott Calvin decides to fully become Santa Claus, right? What do you mean you don't know? Of course you are, Dad. How can you say that? Think of all those kids. The only kid I'm thinking about is you. Dad, I'm fine. You can't let them down. They'll leave me. Wait, no, 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 no. I think, no, that's not what happens. No? He gives him the snow globe. He sees the reindeer. And that's enough. You saw. You saw the ball come to life. You bet I did. It's like, that's like, there's not a speech. There's not a Christmas isn't important. It's not this time has meant a lot to me, dad. It's crossing the threshold of enough physical evidence for Scott Calvin to believe it actually (laughs) happened. He sees the reindeer in the snow globe and he's like, oh, I guess I believe you now. That's what's missing from this movie. That's one interpretation. There's no, there's no conversation. What, what evidence do you have for any other interpretation of, of it? I mean, just looking into this, the sparkling eyes of his son, and you, his heart grew three, three sizes that day. Oh my god! His cholesterol I level guess. grew three sizes that day. <laughs> That's true. Uh, he kidnaps Charlie, legally speaking, <laughs> right? Because he doesn't have custody 100%. of him. Is there? Yeah, there's no legal way to kidnap <laughs> anybody, right? <laughs> well, that's just like moving someone. <laughs> I mean, I, I, explain that to me. How do you legally kidnap your kid? <laughs> legally speaking, he kidnaps Charlie. <laughs> okay, I got it now. In legalese terms. <laughs> and uh, I think this is like from Thanksgiving to Christmas Eve. Uh, they're in the North Pole, Charlie and Scott. Am I reading that it's right? that long? Mm. I, I, I think I, I so. I never got the idea that they were gone for a month. But then again, now that does make sense because you talk about all the, the um, improvements they made to the sleigh and all that kind of stuff. You know, his, his, and plus uh, the mom is staring out the window an awful lot. Yeah, yeah. that's how she it, spends the next 30 days. They needed R&D time for the fireproof suit, <laughs> the hot chocolate dispenser. British elves. It is kind of a quick throwaway line, but Bernard at the beginning says, you're due here back Thanksgiving. Yeah. Oh. That is true. Good call. Bernard. Babarus. Uh, Jonathan, why don't you tell us about like what goes on here? There's kind of a montage, right? We get what's happening in wherever they are, Illinois, I think, and what happens at the North Pole. Yeah, so um, this is where they start uh, making all the upgrades to the sleigh, right? Yeah. Yeah, and they go through all this R&D stuff. Charlie finally calls home, talks to his mom, I believe, and they talk about making like a a vertical takeoff for the sleigh. Such a weird phone call. Got to pause right there because Charlie calls home. He's like, hey, mom, 
I'm in the North Pole. We're trying for a vertical takeoff. All right, bye. And he like hangs up. I'm like, that's it? You, but you know that that's kind of like an excited eight-year-old phone call, though. No, no relevance to the fact that his mom hasn't seen him in weeks or anything right. or heard. From Imagine him. being a detective trying to decode what Charlie just said. <laughs> like, what were the last words your son said to you? Vertical. Gotta takeoff. go, mom. <laughs> trying to yeah. do a vertical takeoff. Love you, bye. Like, a detective would have lost his mind trying to decode that. Something else that's weird about that montage, the choice of music, ZZ Top's Give Me All Your Lovin'. Yeah. There are some, like, really sad moments in that montage, and it's just a very strange pairing of, Give me all your lovin', (laughs) all your hugs and kisses, too. Well, uh... Parents whose child has been kidnapped for three plus weeks look out the window longingly. It's just a very strange <laughs> matchup there. That, that's a real upbeat, get to work, roll your sleeves right. up uh, kind of song. You it know? is Friday and, night, and, and that's Let's what go. they did. Because at the end of that montage, they get into him like actually delivering presents, though, right? Yeah, like where he visits mm-hmm. that girl that he was an asshole to. Like, yeah. Is this also during the time they're arresting like fake Santa Clauses? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're out there like roughing them up, you know. <laughs> Those poor bastards. Man, they're arresting the fake Santas. <laughs> totally racially profiling every Santa oh. that they see. <laughs> I mean, it's like you go look at the lineup when the mom's in there looking at the lineup in the jail. It's like you got one oh, that's that like, got me. you know, total like Danny DeVito style Santa Claus. He's like three <laughs> feet tall. You got a black guy. Like, dude, what the fuck? Like. It's obviously not the black guy. Obviously not him. (laughs) We know what Scott Calvin looks like at this point. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. They have like a perfect immaculate sketch of him as Santa Claus. It's like, (laughs) like fucking, it's like Alex Ross drew this. Like it's (laughs) based off of a photograph. He traced the photograph. It was so good. (laughs) It's it's a really well drawn police sketch. Bob Ross. But yeah, I mean they're. They're taking people in. The cops are like peeling out of the station, just like looking for Santas on Christmas Eve. They got the SWAT team out there. Hey, did you notice on the drawing like of their plans, you know, like when they're having that police, uh, the meeting, right? Like before going out looking for them, like part of the plan that they drew up showed the donut shop. No, part of the plan. I didn't yeah, notice that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> little, little things I noticed. Uh, Pappy, uh, did you appreciate any of the tech upgrades? I mean, like, the fire one's funny. The one that really, really bothers me, I forget what CD stands for. Cookie Cocoa Dispenser. Yeah. Right, yeah, but the, the way Tim Allen says, CD-ROM, just really, really bothers me for some <laughs> reason. Oh, he says, he says, compact disc? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's that's compact form. disc? He's like, yeah. no, cookie and cocoa dispenser. <laughs> Wait a minute, what's this? Oh, that's CD. Compact disc. No. Cookie cocoa dispenser. The cocoa comes out nice and hot. And out pops the cookie. How could I have done this without you, Charlie? You couldn't. That really, really stands out to me for some reason. It's like, really? Did you really have to say compact disc? Like, everybody knows what the fuck a CD is. I mean, I've never heard anyone say compact disc in the 90s i don't think that was that that lasted from like january 1st 89 to like january 3rd 89 (laughs) everybody's like fuck that we're not saying compact disc well tim allen 
Scott Calvin, Santa Claus. He he does get caught. He starts delivering presents for Christmas. He's like full on Santa at this point. He has his kidnapped son with him. I think where he gets caught is at Charlie's house, like you know where he lives with his mom. Am I correct on that? Mm-hmm. Yes. He goes to deliver there, and of course the cops take him. And uh, we get kind of like this like sad kid moment where all the kids are watching him like get arrested, like getting put back in the car and like roughed up. Santa? It'll be okay, kids. Let him go! Let Santa go! Well, at least they didn't cuff him. Terrible parents. They didn't cuff him? No, they never cuffed him. They let him They let him just go. You can't cuff in the back Santa. Seat. And even a cop sat in the back seat with him. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, he's treated pretty good then. <laughs> yeah, he was all right. He got some VIP. Okay, not trying to tell anybody how to parent, but maybe, you know, pull your kids inside at that point. <laughs> to not see, to see Santa that. Claus get arrested. Well, yeah. half of them are elves, which uh, we got to talk about this. There's a lot of elves throughout this whole movie. The entire movie. Yeah. Mm. One of them is in the classroom. Yeah. Very, did, Pappy, Stevie, you guys picking up on that? Yes. No, I I don't think I've ever noticed this. Like, yeah, that was the only one that didn't laugh when everybody was laughing at Charlie in the classroom. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. There's a lot of kids with pointy ears throughout the movie, so that I guess that maybe they, they never tell us, but maybe the idea is Santa's little helpers, like they're helping him out along the way, and the unseen force. It's know. also peculiar. The teacher wouldn't say, "Hey, I've never seen you before." <laughs> right. <laughs> Lockdown drill. Strange child in the room. <laughs> Maybe there was just a lot of kids that wanted to get their ears done for Christmas. I don't know. <laughs> a lot of Star Trek fans over there. There's, yeah, there was a lot of plastic surgery uh, innovations in the 90s. Stevie, why don't you tell us about when Santa's busted? Like, what happens next? Okay, so the one thing that still sticks out to me, even now as a grown man from when I was a kid, is when they're interrogating Santa Thank Claus. You. Thank you. And I'm sure everybody has said it before in their lives, but when he keeps going Scott Calvin, Santa Claus, he's like, your name's Scott Calvin, and he eventually arrives at Papa Gijo. Oh my God, yes. I love him. <laughs> my little brother used to say that shit. <laughs> I still say it. It cracks me up. I know you're Scott Calvin. You know you're Scott Calvin. So let's make this simple. I say name, you say Scott Calvin. Name? Chris Kringle. Name? Santa Claus. Name? Père Noël. Babo Natale. Père's Nicole. Papa Gijo. Okay, Calvin. Maybe a couple hours in the tank will change your mind. But this is when we get the elves to uh, to break him out, also known as the um, Effective Liberating Fight Squad. Uh, <laughs> this is where it officially becomes a cringe fest, as far as I'm concerned. This is yeah. ultra cringe fest, and it got to be a cringe fest, a cringe fest when... British elf was talking about all the upgrades. I couldn't stand his accent. Santa, this is Quentin, head of research and development. Quentin, good to meet you. Hello, Santa. Charlie and I put our heads together, and I think we've got a few surprises for you. Yeah, that dude, man. Sorry if you're listening, dude, but no. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, this is when they come to break him out, and it's a part of the movie I don't love. <laughs> 
Like, this is like the fat donut cop, like, trope, right? Mm-hmm. Like, every cop, like, in every 90s movie who's going to be disrespected has just a little <laughs> bit of hair on the sides. He's bald on top. He has a mustache. Looks like he hates his life. And they, like, duct tape him to a chair a thousand times and put a donut in his mouth. They couldn't get Clint Howard, I guess, but... They, they couldn't get Clint <laughs> Howard. <laughs> Good-looking man, Clint Howard. Not a part... Like, as a kid, it's cool. I understand this is, like, geared towards kids, but, like, as an adult, I don't love it. <laughs> no, dude. I am not <laughs> a fan of the the leader of the ELFS flight squad. Charlie? Yeah? Don't worry. We're the good guys. Come on, let's go save Sammy. I, I really hate how cool that kid thinks he is. <laughs> <laughs> Who are these other kids? We're your worst nightmare. Elves with attitude. Not into that kid at all, man. And uh, just like Stevie said, you never know which random actor is going to end up listening to this podcast. I've had a couple awkward... Uh, occasions of that so if you are listening nothing against you I'm sure you were directed to deliver your lines in that poor manner so it's not your fault directors never listen to this podcast though only actors so only actors I don't have to worry about that (laughs) yeah they rescue Santa they got tinsel not just for decoration (sighs) (laughs) they break him out there's a there's another poor fucking bastard in the cell next to him that wants to get out but they leave him in there He's wearing a tux. Yeah, I assume he's in there for a DUI. What's his backstory, I wonder, though? Anyway, Scott is rescued. He takes Charlie home. And, uh, Pappy, why don't you tell us about what happens at his house? The last, or, I don't know, act, the last half of Santa Claus, it has a hard time sticking to what says is going to happen. Like, like we said, Scott Calvin loses visitation rights. Literally less than 45 seconds of screen time later, he's with Charlie again, right? So they don't really milk that. What's happening here now is, I guess, the conclusion of Scott Calvin learning how his blended family is going to function, basically. And he's telling Charlie, you know, you can't spend all your time with me now, even though you want to. I'm Santa. Like, we're a family. You got to spend time with your mom and dot, 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 Neil, too. And five seconds later, Charlie, like, gets in the sleigh with him and goes on a ride, like, later. So I don't I don't really understand that. Like I said, I don't understand, like, the messaging of this last part at all. But it's, like, the big dramatic conclusion. Not And not to mention, this is where I think, what what's the mom's name? The mom starts to see him as Santa Claus, which is very a weird dynamic too. Well, you were talking right? about like the need for empirical evidence. Like right. S- Scott needs a lot. Laura doesn't need that much. Like <laughs> doesn't she- need any basically. <laughs> really? <laughs> like Laura, what do you think? Christmas Eve, I spent with Charlie. Oh my god. <laughs> it's you. It really is you. <laughs> you really are Santa Claus. She just needs him to be like, you can spend more time with your mom. She's like, you son of a bitch, you're Santa. <laughs> uh, well, I think she just like kind of respected him more as 
the separated father at that point. She says, mm-hmm. you are Santa Claus. Yeah. <laughs> and they start calling him Santa. And I, I don't know if this is exactly when this happens, but to me, the worst part of Sa- of the Santa Claus, a, a movie that I actually will probably give a pretty good rating to when we get there, is when Charlie says, I love you, Santa, instead of I love you, Dad. That is, like, really terrible to me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if anybody else feels that way. Yeah, I feel like the dad part would have been a little more appropriate. Yeah. It's, it's a, such a shortcut to, like, the emotions that the movie's trying to enlist, right? It's not it's not even that he's forgiven his dad. There's no kind of reconciling of, of him being a bad dad. He only loves his dad because his dad's a powerful, famous person now. <laughs> That's the way to get your kid to love you, become powerful and famous. And then your, your son will love you more than his, his mom. Noted. <laughs> So that's where I'm fucking up. <laughs> Am I wrong? Corey, we need to get this podcast fucking famous, dude. <laughs> dude, this last scene is bizarre. Increase marketing dollars. <laughs> no, I, I totally see where you're coming from. There, there was another part in this scene like I had a problem with, which was like, so you get like 50 cops that show up. The SWAT team rolls in. They're running across the yard with shotguns and rifles and everything. And the mom just runs outside and he's like... It's okay now. Everything's fine. They're like, what the fuck do we do with a small army here? You know, like, no, they're out for blood. Nothing's stopping them at this dude. point. No, dude. you know, a few of those guys are absolutely trigger happy. Like, I get to shoot dude. Santa. They're they're pissed off that they're working uh, Christmas Day. You know, or Christmas Christmas Eve. Was it Christmas, Christmas Eve? Eve? Right? Yeah. 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 Dude, you know, those guys are pissed. They're half drunk. Like they want to shoot something, dude. But they, I mean, they all witness the miracle of the sleigh and they see it all. So I guess that's that. Like, yeah. And I, they probably put two and two together. Like, oh shit, that's how the the presents show up. How do you close that report out? (laughs) You know, it's like, yeah, this kid was missing for a month. He's back. Everything's cool. His dad's Santa Claus. End of report. I'm going to go ahead and sign off on that. Case closed. Good question. <laughs> Jonathan, we were talking about Charlie and how like, he stays with the mom. And then Santa, Scott Calvin, goes off to deliver presents. But like only moments later does Charlie go outside and like want his dad to come back, right? <sighs> right. Where I guess he's just supposed to shake the snow globe and his dad just shows up, right? Yeah, that's part of the trick of it. Yeah. Right. Anyways, so he shakes his the globe. And he's like, Mom, my stupid balls aren't working. <laughs> and she's like, well, yeah, you're probably frozen, you dipshit. <laughs> Anyways. Wrong not, balls, yeah. Oh, sorry. Sorry. No, he he uh, shakes up the snow globe, and his dad doesn't show up in, like, one and a half seconds. So he's like, oh, this stupid, stupid fucking thing's broken. And then his dad shows up from, he has, like, some smart-ass line where he's like, I was only, like, halfway to Cincinnati or something. Yeah. Miss me already. But he does take him and then they, you know, they ride off into the night and it's like, okay, I guess they've like, all issues have been resolved in the family and in... The world is perfect again. Yeah, the world is perfect again. Yeah, the world is perfect because one small suburban white family has (laughs) reconciled their differences and learning how to (laughs) co-parent. That's pretty much it. Oh, wait, wait. Uh, He does give... 
the gifts to Laura and Neil. He gives them the the gifts that they wanted as kids when they stopped believing the mystery date game. Yeah. And the the famous weenie whistle. Yeah. I always thought like they didn't get what they wanted when they were kids because they were bad. Because this movie establishes that, right? Like if Most you're likely. naughty, you don't get the the gift. So, but I guess they're good now. Did I Santa guess. not exist back then? Like Dude, they were just you're, they're bad. They were bad. Those sweaters were a fucking crime, dude. He should never get another <laughs> present. Neil was insufferable when he was like five. Yeah, dude. What did he? What did Neil say that he stopped believing when he was three years old? Three, yeah, yeah. That's pretty early to like have that kind of a a conceptual thought of canceling Santa. <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> because you didn't get a fucking weenie whistle. Like, come on. <laughs> Three's pretty early to label a child as bad and pretty much fuck him up for the rest of his life as a skeptic by not giving him the weenie whistle. I guess that's yeah. true also. <laughs> now he wears sweaters like that. I mean, that's our big happy ending in the Santa Claus. That Does anyone have any like final thoughts before ratings? Stevie? Pappy? In the boardroom scene, they choose to use the Jeopardy music while Scott Calvin eats all his desserts. <laughs> Bizarre choice. Yeah. Don't know why that's there. Uh... Yeah, why did they all have to sit there and wait for him to finish? Like, why not just let him keep eating while you're doing the meeting? I have no idea. It's just like one big fat joke, isn't it? You know, he never even ate the salad. It was still sitting there on the table. Oh, nice touch. I didn't notice that. Yeah. Like, fat shaming Scott was also a weird choice. It's like, this is somebody you've worked with for years upon years and have had a lot of success with. Like, let a man gain some weight. But that was also kind of like, 90s workplace though you know it was not that it was okay but it was kind of the thing back then you still you could say what you wanted to harassment was like a real issue also real quick he was wearing fat makeup right yeah so like he actually did not gain that weight i gotta say it looks like he gained all it that weight awesome. for real mm-hmm. it does look really good for that that early on yeah yeah I also thought the animatronic reindeers looked really good too, in terms of like technology. They yeah. looked awesome, especially like the close-ups. When you see like the reindeer following him, like when he's mm-hmm. walking, and they're kind of from far away, and it's like the CGI random reindeer. That's not as good, but the animatronic stuff, I totally agree. Yeah. I hate those ELFS kids, dude. I'm not into it. <laughs> <laughs> the physics of the way they fly, also like. They got jetpacks, but one of them just like holds Charlie's hand and they just fly like Superman. But like that kid would be hanging, you know, Charlie would be hanging. He doesn't have a jetpack of his own. Yeah. Yeah. He'd be like falling out of his jacket. But you see, we weren't figuring on walking out the front door. We find that we can get around a lot faster if we fly. Any other final thoughts? If nobody else does, I got some fun facts we can go over. Fun facts. Yeah. Let's do okay. it. So there was an extensive list of people that were given the opportunity for this movie. For the lead role? For lead. Yeah. Have you, did, you, did you guys read about any of them? I, I heard Bill Murray. Oh, no. Okay. Yeah. So let's go down the list here. Robin Williams, Tom Hanks, Harrison Ford, Bill Murray, whoa, Chevy whoa, whoa, Chase. Wait, sorry, wait, wait, wait. Can you go back? Can we do one at a time and just quickly say if we thought the movie would be better or worse with that person? Just super okay. fast. All right. Yeah, just Here we go. We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll do some yes or no's. Okay. Ready? Yeah. All right. Robin Williams. Better. better. Tom Hanks. Worse. Better. 
Better. Worse. Harrison Ford. Better. Worse. Worse. Better. Bill Murray. Better. Better. Worse. Yeah, worse. <laughs> Chevy Chase. Worse. 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 Rowan Atkinson. Uh, <laughs> better. That's a tough <laughs> one. Better. Mr. Mr. Bean. Bean? I need Claus, to see this. <laughs> Infinitely better. <laughs> Just like bumbling around like you can't get in the suit. Like <laughs> dancing. <laughs> <laughs> he's like not speaking just yeah. <laughs> flipping flipping the bird yeah um <laughs> hold on i gotta get it together here uh jerry seinfeld worse no no J- john ritter no sorry dude nope. no no kurt russell better. christmas chronicles better <laughs> tom Selleck. no god no that's bizarre <laughs> john travolta uh, oh my way god. worse. Oh worse. My god. Michael Keaton? Yes. Better. 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 The Swayze? Better. Better. Mel Gibson? <laughs> Better. Better. <laughs> That's an angry anti Semite in a Santa Claus suit. Keep fire Bernard. <laughs> Bernard would have been kicked off the North Pole so quickly. He would just fucking shoot Bernard right in between the eyes, dude. Freedom. Let's see. Jeff Bridges. Better, Better. dude. Better. Yep. Alan Rickman. (laughs) Jesus. Can't imagine it at all. Are you sure you're not making this up? No, dude. Hold on. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, we already have that movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, worse. Yeah. All of those were considered before Tim Allen. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. That's all we got, boys. We know he's got a rap sheet, but it's all we got. Oh, my God. Okay, so uh, we already went over the the fact about during for one week in November of 94, Tim Allen had the number one movie, number one television show, and number one New York bestselling Times book. Synergy, baby. Yeah. Um, Okay. So it's only in the like original release back in 94. um, There's this line where Tim Allen quotes 1-800-SPANK-ME. Here's Neil's mom's number in case. 1-800-SPANK-ME. I know that number. (laughs) And a Merry Christmas to you too. And that phone number actually existed. So people were calling it up like kids were calling that number. And then it ended up being like a sex line. So they were like ringing up these huge phone bills. And so Disney ended up buying it out and cutting it from all future releases of the movie. They did both. They bought the number and they cut it out of the movie and cut it out of the movie. (laughs) And they changed it to like, um, it's like 1-800-POUND or something. Um, pound me? No, not pound me, <laughs> just pound. They add him Because they added that line back in, but it's saying 1-800-POUND. Real quick, when I was a kid, we used to call this number that was just like a word of mouth thing in the 90s. We used to only call it from a payphone, but it was mm-hmm. 1-800-FAT-GIRL. Dude, (laughs) it was just like a one minute recording of like this girl talking about how if you want to talk to luscious fat girls, you can and stuff. Oh, man, it was amazing. Me and Shane used to do that shit all the time. Anyway, now I got plans after the podcast. That's exciting. (laughs) Nice. So in regards to that phone number, as of May of this year, that 1-800-SPANK-ME scene has been reinstated in digital HD only copies, not the 4K 
on Vudu, Amazon Prime, YouTube, and Google Play. It's a Blade Runner. If you want to see that version. But the edited versions are still on uh, Movies Anywhere, Fandango, iTunes, and Disney+. Plus. Yeah. Supposedly, Bill Murray only turned down this part because of scheduling conflicts. So imagine if he had a freed up schedule. I think that would have been a way better movie. Bill Murray and Tim Allen, not guys who do a lot of acting, per se. Kind of just do themselves. Yeah. The zoo. They take that walk through the zoo. Oh, yeah. Um, It's a pretty quick scene. Yeah, this is the Toronto Zoo. And this whole thing was filmed in Toronto. Nice. And most of it was filmed in like an empty warehouse that had no air conditioning, no AC, no ventilation or anything. So Tim Allen would get so hot and sweaty that he had to take a bunch of breaks and the fat suit would rub on his neck and he started like getting these open wounds on his neck and was like profusely bleeding oh god yeah Uh pretty wild anyways that's all cool thank you jonathan for the fun facts yeah man i think it is time for ratings stevie on any rating scale you want what are you gonna give the santa claus oh man Let's see here. I will give this movie three and a half out of five Denny's apple pie on Christmas Eve that don't exist out of five. <laughs> I like this movie quite a bit. I The older I get, the funnier I find it. There's some real flaws to it. I, I think I just really like the energy of the first half of just kind of the magical realization that he is Santa Claus in the first 45 minutes. I don't much care for the second half or the ending. It's just that first 45 are really tight. And I think they just ran out of ideas after the North Pole. I also thought the actor for Charlie did a pretty good job. Because let's be honest, kid actors can ruin a movie really quick. Um, Especially if you put a lot of weight on their shoulders. I think it was a really great idea to not do that with Charlie and put it mostly on Tim Allen. So yeah, I'll give this movie a, a solid rating. Awesome, not bad. Hey, one yeah. one more quick fact. That kid Charlie almost did ruin the fucking movie. He knocked both <laughs> of his teeth out, or the front teeth, <gasps> right before the movie started. So the little oh. uh, the little uh, two front teeth that he has on there are um, like veneers or something. Oh shit. <laughs> yeah. They almost they debated finding another actor. Well, Jonathan, since you're uh, since you're speaking, why don't you tell us your rating on any rating scale you want? You know, I I used to make up my ratings as soon as I was done watching the movie. And I decided to start changing that up. I'm not giving ratings until I hear everybody's opinion on the pod and we get to the end of the pod. (laughs) So that we can sway you? Yeah, it can (laughs) help sway me in certain directions. Instantly, if this one thing happens in a movie, I, I automatically deduct points. And what it is, is in the very beginning... When they're doing the intro credits, they have this like swooping scene where the camera slowly like pans across the Christmas party from upstairs going downstairs, right? Yeah. Remember the scene? And the camera is so fucking shaky, man. Like that stuff makes me so nauseous. Like I automatically deduct points from a movie if if it's got a scene like that. Like hold the camera still. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Anyways, so I think there's a lot of relatable scenes to a lot of families that are out there i like the story for the most part the first half was much better than the second half it just kind of trailed off and i got pretty disinterested in the second half so 
I'm just going to say we'll give it a 5 out of 10. I won't not watch it, but I'm not going to go out of my way to like make it a tradition every year to watch it. If it's on, then that's cool. I totally understand. And on that note, I'm going to give it similar rating. I'm going to give it 6 out of 10 flame retardant Santa suits. <laughs> I like the idea of this movie more than I like the movie itself. I like having it in my head as this movie that I liked as a kid and I saw with my dad and that I think is better than it actually is. uh, When I watch it, I'm not super engaged with it. It does start to lose me toward the end, especially when Santa gets locked up like that. I'm not a big fan of like that next five to 10 minutes, but um, I think I'm gonna not watch this movie as as much as I can get away with and just have this idea in my head that it's a pretty good Christmas movie without revisiting it because uh, I don't I don't want to watch it and yet I still want to like it if that makes any kind of sense I know my ratings never make any sense so that's where I'm at but what about you Pappy yeah I'm gonna do the spoilers podcast rating uh, search for spoilers movie podcast click on the cereal bowl to find that and I'm just gonna give it a yes I think the story is an absolute fucking mess. Like, I think that they were trying to (laughs) pack in, like, way too many themes and then just, like, didn't execute on any of them when all this really needs to be is, like, a happening of a guy who becomes Santa Claus. And, like, when the movie is doing that, it's extremely watchable holiday fair. I know we shit on that little girl quite a bit. Uh, I thought that she was adorable for the record. Um, I think a lot of the kids who are cast are like pretty cute. Like there's this one ginger elf who they show for one second. He's got the most stupid look on his face and it like cracks me up every time. And I love it. Um, to, the, to Stevie's point, like the child actors in this movie, I, I think did a really good job. And like the, a movie like this, there should be like, something unwatchable and annoying right there should be like one kid who just fucking annoys me there should be like one like homophobic joke that just like doesn't work there should be like one like scene that like is just unwatchably like bad cgi but this movie doesn't have that and it's aging relatively gracefully i would say um it's not something i would go to right away right but i think you know especially if you're a 90s kid i i, I can see a lot of value from a nostalgia perspective i'll never be able to uh, untie the fact this is the first memory i have of being in a movie theater right so i'm not the best judge if this is worth if this is worth your time or not if i had to guess i would say zoomers and below my age are gonna like hate this movie but for me i don't mind spending 90 minutes of the holidays with tim allen and the santa claus so i'm gonna give it the old-fashioned spoilers yes well time to deploy elfs is that the cringy line is that the bad kid performance (laughs) that's got to be one of them yeah Yeah. for sure well pappy you mentioned spoilers why don't you tell our audience a little bit more about spoilers and where they can hear more of your podcast well if you like big dumb movie and you like hearing Corey, we sometimes call him kylo over at spoilers you can look for spoilers with an explanation point movie podcast we're a sister podcast to big dumb movie twin brother uh step santa to big dumb movie however you want to call it but look us up give us a review give this podcast a review and yeah you got to get lots of content if you subscribe to both feeds lots of movies showing up so check us out you well guys, said. You guys are like the Santa. We're the Bernard. <laughs> the Bernard. <laughs> we're the Bernard. We're the Neil. You're the Scott Calvin. Yeah. I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> 
to the audience, thank you very much for listening. As always, if you want to write in, you can email us at bigdumbmovie at gmail.com. But the biggest thing you can do for this podcast is leave us a positive rating and written review on Apple Podcasts. We love that shit. Yeah, that's the best thing you can do for us. But again, thank you for listening. If it's on YouTube, give us a thumbs up. Leave a comment. Tell us what you think. Let's try to offset the uh, the dislikes we're going to get on this one, guys. <laughs> it's not going to be pretty. I'll tell you that. Please. Uh, but thank you again for listening. That's it for this episode. Merry Christmas, everyone. Happy holidays. We love you. Good night. Happy holidays. Uh-huh.